Hello and welcome to the Our Fantasy Modcast. This is a brand new podcast that we're um, some of the moderators of the Our Fantasy subreddit are putting together and we're going to be talking about a variety of topics and uh, this is our first ever episode so we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name is Lisa on the subreddit I am uh, you slash L rich 1024. I'm for a giraffe and I've been a moderator for five years. My name's Christine. I'm you Ariofora on the subreddit. I'm in not the most recent batch of moderators, but the one just prior to that. I'm Gigi. I'm the Queen's Own Fool on our fantasy, and I think I've been a moderator for coming up on three years now. I'm Jack. I'm the real JS on the subreddit, and I think I've been a mod for three odd years now. Yeah, and I'm Travis. I am you Coffee Archives on the subreddit, and I think I've been a mod for uh, just over two years now. I guess we'll talk a little bit about the history of the subreddit. I think, Wish, you've been a mod the longest, and um, I know you've talked a little bit about the history of the subreddit before, so um, I'm going to go ahead and nominate you to take that. Okay, that's fair. I don't think I'm going to go super deeply into the history because there are a couple other podcast episodes you can listen to um, to get that. One is from the Grim Tidings podcast, and the other one is from Jay Swanson's Chasing the Oracle, I think, podcast. Um, those are both interviews with uh, El Queso Grande, who was the founding moderator. But currently, the subreddit has over 800,000 members, and we have been around for almost 12 years. Um, God, when did that happen? We, it, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Time. It just keeps rolling. <laughs> it just keeps rolling. Um, we consider ourselves to be the largest discussion forum for speculative fiction on the internet. We may have fantasy as our name, but speculative fiction of all genres is welcome and encouraged. And we pride ourselves on being a open and welcoming space for fans to congregate and have good conversation. And we have lots of different things that happen um, kind of impromptu that then sometimes become uh, recurring as well as things like uh, Book Bingo that uh, Lisa has run for, is this going to be the fourth year now? Five I think, years? I think Fifth it's year, good. I think. Yeah, I think it's five. Yeah. So there's all sorts of different ways for folks to get involved. We have a lot of new users. They come asking for book recommendations or participate in some of our big list roundups. So really, we have we try to have a lot of activities, book clubs, um, I think we have three or four ongoing book clubs right now, but um, we try to have different events to keep things interesting and keep people engaged with the subreddit. I guess that's a good segue then leading into the R Fantasy Virtual Con about how sometimes spontaneous events just appear overnight. Why don't you talk more about that, Gigi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, with uh, coronavirus and a lot of people are stuck at home right now, either self-isolating and a lot of events uh, are being 
cancelled around the world, conventions and just general book readings and signings. Uh, the mod team one night was just having a, a discussion it's like, we should do something, and that something turned into the rolling ball of a three-month virtual con. So we're still in the process of signing people up and reaching out to authors and publishers and artists, but uh, we have events planned all the way through June. Yeah, in the coming days, I would encourage everyone to be on the lookout for announcements about panels, as well as some of our other topics on podcasts, potentially special guests in the future. We're really looking to get authors and publishers a lot more involved in this than they have been in the past. A lot of the events that are happening with the virtual con is things that our uh, users are familiar with. There's going to be a lot of AMAs that just they're going to be daily instead of maybe twice a week. Um, and we've kind of transformed a few of the general reoccurring uh, themed threads to fit the virtual con. So we now have a dealer's room for self-promo, which happens weekly now on Sundays, and we'll be running through the length of the con. Got an artist alley happening on Saturdays where people can come in and share art or talk about commissions they offer or whatnot. So I guess um, as far as the podcast, what can folks expect going forward from us? We plan to have special guests, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we will have various different topics, not just about what we're reading currently. We'll kind of see as it goes. Sometimes it'll be news about something new happening in the subreddit to get the word out about what we're doing with something new. Kind of taking it as it goes and seeing what it shapes up like, right? Yeah, I don't think we have a schedule down for how often we want to release yet. I guess we'll figure out that as we go along and depending on people's schedules and time zones. And I do want to take a moment to appreciate that we've been talking about running a podcast for, what, a year, maybe even more, at a minimum, since I first became a moderator. I think and it's it took three years. It's been a while Okay, now. three solid years. <laughs> and it took a literal pandemic for us to actually do this. And by the time that rolled around, it took us, what, two hours to organize our first recording session? <laughs> if that... Uh, I just I just feel like that has to be made known and it has to be appreciated. No, th that is true. When we have a little bit of motivation, we can get off and we can really start, you know, talking about books and doing the stuff that we like to do here. It's just uh, we needed that that very small push of a pandemic. I think it's also helped that we've added quite a number of people to the mod team over the past uh, few years and just had a new batch of moderators added last month, was it? So there's more people to work on different things, which is nice. Absolutely. And it's kind of nice having that new, fresh energy and new ideas and everything that comes along with that. And it's really nice for me to be able to sit back and not stress out about it so much. I love having fresh, excited people on board to organize things. Yeah. It's like, I can't remember the last time I had I went and had a look at the queue because the comment queue, because I've just been scheduling people for the virtual con. That's all I've been doing. Yes, yeah, same deal here. That's been my focus by far. I've gotten, oh, I don't even know how many AMAs and giveaways scheduled. Not a lot. I'm ignoring my email and Twitter for the rest of the evening. So. 
they can be dealt with tomorrow. I think a lot of us here, um, a good amount of us anyway, are working on that. So it's good that we have recently added a lot of new moderators because then some of us can focus on this new thing that we're doing. So who knows if this is successful, maybe we'll do another one. It, it's going to be interesting to see how everything works out. I think it's, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for us to be able to use our platform to connect the fans with authors that they like at a time when, you know, a lot of people are unable to get out and go do things. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Are there any panels that anyone is particularly looking forward to? We've gotten quite a few that are coming off the ground right now. So I'm just curious as to which ones people are most interested in here. I know I haven't been paying as close of attention of trying to just funnel folks to you, but I'm pretty excited for the costuming panel. I think that one's going to be really interesting. It's not a subject I know a whole lot about, but I know that there is a lot of debate over it by people who do know a lot about it. Yes. I expect to go away from it with recommendations for 10 more blogs to follow so I can get inspiration for costumes I'll never have time to make. I will be entirely disappointed if that is not the case. One of the panels that I'm organizing that I'm actually really looking forward to a lot is on urban fantasy. And urban fantasy, I think, often gets pigeonholed into a very specific type of genre, the archetypal wizard detective. But I've been reaching out to a broad variety of authors who write different types of urban fantasy. And it's I think it's going to be a really interesting look at the genre and uh, what's currently happening. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to that one because, like you said, that is a genre that has kind of been molded over time to a very specific thing. And there is a lot of new stuff happening that is really kind of almost genre breaking, but still fits within the overall tone of urban fantasy. So I'm excited for that one too. Yeah, like there's not anything wrong with the traditional wizard detective or the plucky crime solving heroine, but there's really cool stuff that's happening either in secondary world, just mixing and matching and molding new new stories within a familiar genre. I'm actually really interested in the booktuber podcast, just because this is a group of people who all are focused on the verbal presentation of fantasy. And so I'm interested in how they all come together to create that new discussion there. I also don't follow a whole lot of booktube, so I feel like it's a really cool opportunity to learn about that niche of reviewing and, and these other people who are just as excited as we are, who I haven't really connected with in the past. It's definitely a space that I don't pay much attention to. That's the same for me. Yeah, I know very little about BookTube, but I'm also super excited about that panel. Uh, and I know we've reached out to like a dozen or so BookTubers, so that could be like a really hopping panel. So I'm excited to see what discussion comes out of it. Yeah, it looks like the people who we have confirmed for it so far are Thoughts on Tomes, Anna Goldberg, and Daniel Green. So that's already a pretty exciting cast. And then we've got quite a few who were still working on getting fully on board. Yeah, and I'm, I'm even excited about uh, specific panel topics like Xenoarchaeology. Uh, I don't know if anyone else here is all that much of a fan of that very kind of niche subgenre, but I love the idea of a team of 
archaeologists exploring like dead ruins in outer space of alien civilizations. Given that I absolutely loved Walking to Aldebaran by Adrian Tchaikovsky, as well as the more recent To Be Taught a Fortunate by Becky Chambers, I'd say I'm pretty excited for that. Jack, have you had a chance to look at the things we've got scheduled? I'm just having a look, quick look at it right now. I'm actually pretty keen on the short fiction one, actually. Um, I saw Ken Liu speak last year when he was in Australia, and by God, that man is scary smart. And any chance that I could get to like listen or read what he kind of does is something I'd sign up for straight away, really. And I'd say in general, I think I'm just really excited that this virtual con we're putting together is a lot more than just, strictly speaking, uh, authors who write books. We've got audio drama creators coming in. We've got small presses coming in. We've got uh, short fiction writers. We've got kind of a mix of a lot of different areas, uh, booktubers as well. Uh, So I'm really excited to see what we can do with that. Yeah, we've got some translators coming in too, and I'm really excited about that. It's just such a wide diversity, especially of different groups and authors who we don't see quite as often on our subreddit. But I'm thinking as we're getting these connections built into place, that it may be something we can see more of moving forward, which is, again, really exciting to me. New Bingo Square for 2021 must participate in virtual con. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, we're going to have a lot of authors to choose from, so I... Who knows? Maybe it could be a new square. The plan for 2020 is already scheduled, though. We're not changing that, which reminds me I need to work on the joke card. You mean our very our very serious card that we're going to be posting? Yes, the, the one yeah. and only official card. Yes, yeah, there won't be more than one. It'll only be the very first one, no matter what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, just so we're all on the same page here. So it is just the one card? <laughs> just the one. No confusion. One card. Yeah. No confusion. No, right. We've, we've worked it. so hard on it. It would be a shame to have people not complete it. There has been quite a bit of effort that's gone into this card. So um, just to talk about a couple of things that we do have going on around the subreddit, besides the virtual con, um, we've talking about book bingo. So um, I'm not sure exactly when we'll post this, but we are in the transition period for book bingo, which is always like a very busy time of year for me. But luckily, over the past couple of years, I've had a lot of the other moderators step up and help me out, help me uh, put together the card, come up with suggestions for squares and for the hard mode additions. And for all of that stuff, really, I thank you guys. We have, from when we're recording this, less than 10 days or maybe just 10 days till the end of the month. No pressure. I'm still not done. Still not done. Still not done. I'm still not done either. I still have to finish a 600-page novel and five short stories. So no pressure. That's fine. You can just read 100 pages in a day, and then you'll be done in six days. Oh, there you go. It's perfect. That's like what I'm doing, except 10 pages a day. I really wanted to try and do hard mode, but it hasn't worked out super well for me, and I don't think I could manage the hard mode of the finish the last book in a series right now, unless I just picked a random last book and did not read the rest of the series, which could be confusing, but would still technically count. Pick a series of standalones. There there are mods who do that on purpose. <laughs> Christine, find 
a paranormal romance series that is complete because each book will tend to feature a completely different couple. That's a good thought, actually. Yeah. It has so to be you'll... published 10 years ago, though. Oh, for hard mode? Yeah, that's the hard mode on that one. I think it's 10 years. Vampire Diaries? I don't know. I'm being really good and not going and uh, looking at Lore Olympus while we're talking because the new one just came out. We're very proud of you right now. I know. I know it's hard. It is. What book is this? It's a webcomic. A webtoon. It's fantastic. It is amazing. And I think we're finally getting close to resolution. Tell me more. It is a retelling of the myth of Hades and Persephone. Oh. And it's really cool. You did link me on like a couple of months back. The art is stunning. Yeah. What I like about webtoons too is like they're meant to be read on mobile device. So rather than having traditional graphic novels or comic panels, it's just an infinite scroll. And so you can get some really beautiful and interesting art styles that develop out of that and some really interesting storytelling techniques. And Laura Olympus got optioned for a show. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, this was like three months ago, maybe. Oh. This is what I get for having still been in the phase of I've been meaning to get to reading that as opposed to actually reading it. <laughs> well, you could read it for Bingo 2020. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's long enough now that it probably counts for graphic novel sized. I used a different webtoon for my graphic novel. One that's not nearly as good. Alas. And speaking of ways to uh, wrap up your bingo card without... Uh strictly reading a 600-page book or so, audio dramas do count, so I'm happy to recommend anything for just about any square for you guys. As do novellas. Yes. I have the problem that I decided to do a very specific themed card this year, which I have never done a themed card before, so I decided to do all, all vampire, and it was pretty difficult because some of the squares are like featuring an AI character. What did you get for that? A book by Peter Watts. Okay. Bright, something bright. Blindsight? Yes, Blindsight. Oh, interesting choice. It was good. A lot of people love that book, but it's very, it deals with a lot of like very heavy themes. It's super unsettling. Yeah. And lit RPG for vampires was a little bit hard. I was wondering if you were going to be able to manage that. That's what I was wondering too. Yeah. I didn't even bother. I just subbed lit RPG. I'm like, I know what I like to read and I'm sorry, lit RPG. This isn't gonna work out. Did other people sub squares? I make it a personal point of pride not to. Personal pride, yeah. Well aren't you great? <laughs> well I'm <laughs> I've read so much that I, <laughs> I feel like I actually need the challenge of bingo. So Wish isn't done yet though, so we can everybody who is done can hold that over her. I also read like four series in this time too. <laughs> I mean I listened to literally all of uh Tanya Huff space opera series. All of them. So that's what I used for my last book in series. Something of valor or something, is it? Or Yes. Yeah. I can picture the terrible nineties cover but I can't remember the name of the series. But I think the series is actually called The Confederation. Yes, The Confederation is the series. Like It starts Val- with Valor's Choice. Yes. yes. There we go. There we go. 
Yeah, I'm actually reading a Tanya Huff series, and I use one of them for bingo. I'm reading her Vicki Nelson urban fantasy series. Oh, the Vampires in Toronto? Yes, and it was written in the early 90s, which is when urban fantasy first started becoming the whole detective solving crimes with supernatural people. So it's very interesting to look at it from a historical perspective, I guess, on urban fantasy. But it holds up really well today, so I'm enjoying it. Was it written before or after the invention of cell phones? I want to say there were cell phones in the early 90s, but they just weren't as prevalent. Yeah. Cell phones were originally invented in like the 80s. I've read um, Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. I remember really enjoying that, but just thinking, man... The entire plot could be solved in five minutes if they just had a cell phone. Yes. Same, same, honestly, with to say nothing of the dog. Yeah. It's like the whole plot arranges around the fact that nobody is at their office and they keep leaving messages on the answering machine, but nobody's there to receive them. Oh, that's painful. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we need to get so-and-so. We can't. They're at an archaeological dig outside of the city and we're in quarantine. Isn't that the whole premise of Comedy of Manners, though? Or Comedy of Errors at any rate? Yes. Is it? I I feel like it is. Like, things happen that don't need to happen to actually force a funny situation that wouldn't otherwise happen. The book overall is not that funny, though. So I think it was just for plot. Like, I wouldn't say the possibility of bringing the Black Death into, like, modern-day society and losing a research assistant in the past is a hysterically funny premise. Relevant, though. Very relevant, but not not funny. Yeah, that book was already depressing when I read it a couple years ago. No, I cried with when I read that book. Yeah, so much crying. I might avoid that for the moment. I'm trying to go for more lighthearted books right now. Yeah, I read it like in 2016, so uh, those were different, perhaps more simpler times. Depending on what part of 2016, still not necessarily agree. I don't remember what happened in 2016 have you just blacked out the whole year i blacked out most of the few years that we've recently gone through that is quite valid yeah i remember where i was living and i remember i was in university at the time so i remember like all of the daily things that was going on in my life but i don't remember anything politically realistically that's for the best yeah it's like i'm i'm all right with this yeah just go with it just made me feel really old, Gigi. <laughs> I didn't realize you're that much younger than me. Uh, to be fair, I spent like seven years in university, so oh, I'm okay. probably not that that's much younger than you. That's what I thought. I didn't think you were. All right, we just won't talk about my age then. No, I don't think any of you are allowed to complain about your age because I'm pretty sure I'm the oldest one here, so. You definitely are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this segues nicely into what we're currently reading. That was something else we wanted to talk about. So if anyone wants to start, what are you guys reading right now? Or what have you recently read that you've enjoyed? I can start. I am between books right now because I was attempting to read Prince of Dogs by Kate Elliott, but it's a little too heavy at this moment. So that's on hold. Um, I recently finished The Unspoken Name by A.K. Larkwood. Um, Ooh, how is it's that? A- it's really good. It's Ooh. a really interesting premise. It's, I can't remember. I saw somebody on a review um, on Goodreads exp- 
describe it as like a space opera of a fantasy and I think I I agree Hmm. it's got this kind of like really interesting magic stuff where you get to like travel in between worlds using like maze ships basically through like the space between worlds it's like a thing you can book a voyage on a maze ship and they'll trick you in between worlds and it starts out like the traditional like a traditional fantasy of like young chosen child uh decides you know what i really don't want to be sacrificed to the to the god and like runs off with uh with a stranger who's like i can take you out of this situation and then it just that's like the first beginning of the story when it could be its own epic but then the book completely changes and it it felt familiar it reminded me kind of like the writing style of like Anne Lecky and the Raven Tower I wasn't entirely sure how I was feeling about it I ended up picking it up because I was having some technical issues with my e-reader and I just happened to have um, the unspoken name out from the library so I could read it on my phone and I fell immediately in love with it and I was like this is fantastic and there's not a lot of books that have giant philosopher snakes in it as well that's true there is a giant philosopher snake so i just finished dreadnought by april daniels for my own voices bingo square and it was very very good uh really powerful superhero story with a trans protagonist who deals with a really really absurd amount of transphobia and just overcomes it in a really I don't want to say trite kind of way but it was it's earned um she deals with all of the challenges that people put in front of her very well I mean it's very much a superhero story but it's a little bit different kind of take on things which was nice Since I'm still currently in the middle of The Unspoken Name, actually, I'll talk about a book that I just recently finished up, uh, The Four Profound Weaves by R.B. Lindbergh, which also touches on trans issues and how those are integrated into society. However, it's really set in more of a Middle Eastern setting. It's kind of like the queer Middle Eastern fairy tale that we've all been deserving our entire lives. It's really interesting because it's told not only from the point of view of two trans main characters, but they're also elderly. It's pretty rare you see people who are, you know, 60s, 70s in the fantasy genre, especially as point of view characters. So it was especially interesting to see two of them in one book. That the pose with prose is actually beautiful, lyrical. I, I just adored it. So, uh, not a book, but I just finished listening to an audio drama pretty recently called The Sword and the Stoner by Tandon Productions. And you, you can kind of guess sort of <laughs> the conceit of the story by the title alone. But it's basically a modern reimagining of King Arthur and Merlin's adventures, uh, except King Arthur is like a 25-year-old stoner kid who just wants to smoke weed and get high and not do anything. And Merlin is like a skin-tight, leather-pants-wearing, chain-smoking stage magician in Vegas. What? Really, really interesting. (laughs) Really kind of out there. And it has like the perfect blend of exactly the kind of comedy you would expect from that setup and actually being like a really thoughtful, well-told story with some fascinating characters. That sounds really interesting. I appreciate that premise a lot. (laughs) Where did you find that one? 
I think I found that as part of an audio drama Discord server I'm a part of. Uh, people were talking about it and recommending it, so I gave it a shot, and it met and exceeded expectations. I mean, it's not that often that you get, like, the sword Excalibur, but it's a stoner who names it instead, so he just calls it Brad. Oh my god. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, he named the sword Brad? <laughs> yes, because he was high when he got it, and they thought it deserved a name, and the first thing he could think of was Brad. Okay, Ma- <laughs> makes total sense. Brad's a perfectly fine name. That raises so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> the Brads of the world are uh, very unsure how to feel about this right now. Feeling validated, maybe? I don't know if I would feel validated by a stoner who is really high naming a sword after me. I don't think I would feel validated by that. But if you're the mythical Excalibur, surely that's a positive. Is the sword sentient, though? Can the, Does the sword have feelings about being named Brad? To be determined, I suppose, at this point, to the best of my knowledge, no. Uh, Although if it did have feelings, it would probably feel a little hurt that most of the people thought they just hallucinated it in the first place uh, and was not actually a real sword. Aww. Well, I think that Brad is hurt that you're calling him it and not Brad. So. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Jack? Are you reading anything right now? Does anyone want to hear me rant about Little Big for a little bit? Yeah, for it. Yeah, please. It's not really a rant. Um, so I'm using Little Big as my second chance book for this year's book bingo. I originally started it back in I think 2017. It wasn't bad, but there are so many books out these days that are so good that I kind of just forgot about it and put it down, and then just never really remembered that I actually hadn't finished it. And I picked it up again. I am 76% of the way through of it, through it now. And I wouldn't call it a hate read. Not quite. <laughs> but it's very much a slog. It has the kind of dry, very verbose prose you expect of something that's come out of a Tolkien-inspired novel paired up with the whimsicalness that is very much a fairy tale. But at each turn, it kind of keeps throwing me and showing me that it's a lot more modern than I actually realized. And I know we're fantasy readers and the whole suspension of disbelief thing is kind of ingrained, but it's really thrown me for a loop. Well, and it's funny because when I dropped it, which was partially because the author self-narrates the audiobook. And oh, he's... God not somebody who should do that it's really strange because normally purple prose doesn't turn me off but it's really dry purple prose which is weird it's very important that if you're gonna have purple prose it does need to be moist and not dry so Mm. (laughs) christine (laughs) just here to liven things up are you talking about your hydration rates again You know what? My sourdough today came out beautifully, so I clearly am very on top of how hydrated my dough should be. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, But otherwise, I'm reading... uh, I don't know if it's really an arc anymore, considering the book's actually been released. Um, I got an advanced copy of The Brightest Shadow by Sarah Lynn, 
which Travis has also read, um, and it is an absolute chonker of a book. I think the final edit ended up being 1,200 pages. Jeez. Did not know that going in. I'm about 60% of the way through. Um, it's it's good. It's very much kind of a Sanderson-esque fantasy story where you've got protagonists getting stronger conflict across a massive scale, but I'm still not quite sure where it's going at this point. I think, Travis, you liked it, yeah? Yeah, I, I did. I'd say overall I liked it a good bit. It's hard to form any solid impressions at a specific point in the book just because it's so big that the story is so vast that you kind of can read 300 pages and feel like not all that much happened and you don't know where it's going next. Uh, so it, it is definitely a commitment to get through. But overall, I did really enjoy it. My uh, brief pitch is kind of like a Wuxia version of... Well, actually, is that how you say that? Wuxia? I don't know. I, don't know. I think it's Wuxia. I'm not really sure. Though, but I know the X is sometimes like the Sha sound. Okay. So my brief pitch is it's kind of like a Wuxia version of the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson, but with, uh, in my opinion, a more tactful approach to race relations. Hmm. I'd agree with that so far. What was that called again? It's called The Brightest Shadow by Sarah Lynn. Um, she's historically been kind of a least RPG progression fantasy type indie author. And like her other stuff, which is considerably a lot smaller, I've quite enjoyed. Like Her other series that I've read, um, New Game Minus, is about what would happen if a character from like a lit RPG kind of setting got transported into a protagonist's body and then found out that it's just gods turning their world into kind of like a playground for them. Sounds kind of interesting. It's fun. Not overly complicated, and like I think she could have done a lot more with it, but it was like quite an enjoyable read. So I am currently reading a couple books because that's how I do things. Uh, one of them that I'm probably a little over halfway done is The Electric Air by Victoria Lee. This is the second book in her Fever Wake series. So this takes place in a world that is about 100 or so years in our future. And there are people called witchlings that have magical powers. They manifest in different ways, almost like mutants kind of for the X-Men or whatever. But they get their powers by being exposed to a virus. This virus will sweep through an area and it kills most people. But the people that are left alive usually have some kind of power. In the future, society is breaking down and there's only the remnants left and all of this stuff. So it's very post-apocalyptic, kind of dystopian. The world is very interesting. There's a lot of politics and stuff about immigration and it deals with those themes but it also deals with some really heavy dark themes like child sexual abuse so it can get pretty heavy and dark at times but it's a YA book so it's also about these characters trying to figure out who they are and everything and it's a really good read but it gets you know goes to some very dark places and the other book that I'm reading right now is uh, The Scar by China Mievo. Oh, awesome. Just started that one. Well, I don't want to say I just started that one, but I started it and I'm not that far into it. 
And if I had known it was 600 pages, I probably wouldn't have decided to wait so long to read it because that's one of my bingo reads. So I have to finish oh, that. It's not a short 600 pages either. I didn't realize it was that long. I only read one of his books before and it was just a novella. Which one? This Census Taker. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought that one was okay, but it didn't like blow me away or anything. So I was interested in trying some of his other work. And this one supposedly has vampires. I haven't gotten that far yet. Vampires? I guess it technically does. Oh, yeah, it does. I'm accepting vampires in any sort of form, even if it's just for a minute. One of the other books I'm using for bingo is The 10,000 Doors of January, which also has a vampire, but it's not like a large part of the book. That's actually my backup for Vampire Square, so I'm glad that you, as the bingo runner, are also counting that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so I'm reading that because I'm reading that for my ocean setting square, and it's really interesting. It starts off very prosy, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, God, it's going to be one of those prosy books, but then... <laughs> I'm then... hurt. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I love prose, but I also need some substance of story behind it give me a plot or some action I don't necessarily love I guess if it's just like poetry then I'm like I need a story anyway that was just the very very beginning and then after the six percent mark characters really started to come to life and everything so I'm not that far into it I'm only about 10 percent into it but some stuff is going down things are getting very weird Um, one of the things that interested me about this one is because it is new weird and I do like weird things there's these creatures that have like I don't know how you would describe them I guess they have like lobsters kind of bodies from the waist down but like from the waist up they're look like humans and they live underwater so I mean there's just like weird stuff so anything that is just weird I'm I'm on board anyone else has read it please reassure me that it's worth the 600 pages no i I liked it a lot okay good it's very weird good the ending is well we won't say anything about the ending but um you're in for a very interesting (laughs) ride (laughs) i was waiting like yes it is (laughs) it only gets weirder from there does it count for bingo if somebody tells you the ending but you don't actually finish the book (laughs) i don't think so I feel like you actually have to read something of it first. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm normally not that visual of a person, but all I can picture is the Little Mermaid, but where Sebastian is now the oh, mermaid. <laughs> oh, no. Now I'm just going to hear Little Mermaid songs in my head when I go back to read it. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <the> world. <laughs> Maybe I'm that'll make you get through it faster. Maybe. I usually have like a, a couple of different print books going on because I usually have an ebook and then I have usually an audio book going. So I did just finish up one of the Vicki Nelson books by Tanya Huff and then I'm getting ready to start Jade City by Fonda Lee. So I'm very much looking oh, nice. forward to that. Oh, that's good. Oh my God. Have you not, have, have you not read it yet? No, I'm so far behind. <gasps> I've had it when I've, I bought the audio book like, I don't know, at least a year ago, maybe longer. And I just have not got around to listening to it yet so yeah it's part of my read books you own lisa please for the love (laughs) of all that is holy read the books you already own project christine you were talking about the bright section 
write sessions, but I don't think you were able to finish. Oh yeah, that's right. So I recently started uh, listening to the Bright Sessions. It is an audio drama that is by uh, Lauren Shippen, who also wrote The Infinite Noise. It's really interesting in how it's formatted. It's formatted as a series of actually therapy sessions between Dr. Bright, who is the titular from the Bright Sessions, and uh, various people who are considered atypicals. So an atypical is someone who exhibits an an unusual ability. They might be able to create fire. They might have mind control. And it's just how they are fitting into society and how they're dealing with really normal human problems. They might be in high school and they might be struggling with how to relate to other people or to their parents, or they might be someone who is older and struggling with, say, a chronic illness or a disability that they've had, or even just, you know, normal insecurity or things like that that we all deal with in our everyday lives. It's incredibly compelling in terms of the voice acting and thematic content, and I've, I've just been really impressed. Normally, it takes a lot to draw me into any kind of audio drama or audiobook, which it, it's hard for me to keep focused on that, but I haven't had any trouble at all with these. Excellent. <laughs> I keep wanting to try audio dramas. I like them, but I'm really picky about voices. Last one I tried was... Um, I thought I'd go for something familiar, so I tried to listen to A Midsummer's Night's Dream by Shakespeare. The voice actor for Hermia sounded like she was 12, and uh, <laughs> that was it. I got five minutes in. I think the voice actors in the Bright Sessions are all very age-appropriate. They sound correct for the people that they're portraying. I, I appreciate that attention to detail. I finished the Bright Sessions about a month back um, on Travis's recommendations of audio dramas to listen to. One of us, one of us, Travis. Yep. <laughs> um, it's slowly happening. And it, it, it's very well narrated. All the cast are very believable in like all of, of the um, anguish that they go through at times and then the points where it's they're dealing with events in their lives where they're quite uplifting and personal triumphs it does feel very believable and as a whole like the screenwriting script writing is i really want to see more of what she's done so i need to get the infinite noise at some point because she's a very good writer i think yeah she's she's incredible and she has the infinite noise is the first in a trilogy of standalone books that are sort of media tie-ins to the overall audio drama uh, so the first one is the only one that's available right now, and that follows uh, two of the characters in high school uh, who are also getting their own spinoff audio drama called The College Tapes starting in September of this year. Ooh. Nice. That's exciting. I'm excited for that. I did listen to The Infinite Noise on audio, and I thought that was excellent. I really like that book. The fantasy aspect of it is a lot more low-key, but... It's still definitely fantasy. Well, we have been talking for almost an hour now. Uh, so do we want to start transitioning to close out the episode? What was our idea for that topic? <laughs> yeah. I... How do we wrap up? <laughs> yeah, did we have a conclusion in mind? No, I didn't think we discussed that. Somebody's just going to get a hook and like start pulling us off stage. No. <laughs> I can wing it if you want. Enter bear left. Or however yes. it is. Let's let's go. Uh, it, who 
I, I missed who said that. If someone wants to wing it. I, I can wing it. So thank you for listening to the very first episode of the R Fantasy Modcast. Um, be sure to check out in the, the sidebar of the subreddit all of the upcoming events, AMAs, panels that are happening during the virtual con. It's really exciting and we're honestly lo- really looking forward to it. Also, let us know how we did. Are there things you would like us to change? Or perhaps authors you would like to see interviewed on this panel? Thank you very much for listening.